Chasing the hug, chasing the hug. Party, Party time. time. Excellent. <laughs> wow, who does not like Wayne's World? I don't know. Producer uh, Fleener. Producer Jason hates Wayne's World. Yeah, I got an interesting story about producer uh, Jason today that actually just literally happened today. You know my children, right? Yeah, Baby Steve, yeah. Adriana. Adriana actually going to have a birthday this Sunday. Adriana, happy birthday, fourth birthday. So Adriana and Baby Steve call producer Jason, uh, Uncle Jason. Uh, they love Uncle Jason and Aunt Caitlin. And so uh, when I picked them up from school, Adriana's the one who has a school right next to uh, Gallo's Italian restaurant. And so as we're coming home, she always wants to drive by producer Jason's house. Always. Oh. Daddy, 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 can we drive by producer Jason's house? Producer Jason, daddy, 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 daddy. Yes, Adriana, yes, we absolutely can. We'll go drive by by there. So we're going there today, and she always like, Daddy, honk it, uh, Uncle Jason, honk it, Uncle Jason. So I'm going by there, and I'm laying in that horn hard. I'm honk, 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 and producer Jason's out there. He's actually picking up leaves today. Wow. Well, typical producer Jason fashion. Did he want to see myself and my children? No. He gave me the keep on driving. Wow. Keep on driving. I don't care if your children are there crying, Daddy, why are we not stopping? Uh, I don't know, honey. He doesn't really seem like he wants to see us right now. Producer Jason is heel of the week. Uh, again, that's like eight weeks in a row. And he's over here just actually smiling on his face because he knows exactly what he did. He's like, get on your way. Go down the street. Let me be with myself. Stop. I don't want to interact with people because I hate people. Yeah, I think he's he hates the joy of children. Yeah, especially since my daughter again having a birthday this weekend. Producer Jason, you've got some explaining to do. Go ahead. Mm hmm. Wow. <laughs> really? It doesn't even make any sense to me. Mm. <laughs> You're like an animal. Really? Okay. Well, hey, you know what does make sense? What's that? The fact that we are now an infomercial show for meal delivery service. Can yeah. you believe that? That's yeah. amazing. We've, we've come a long way. We've come way. a long ways. Steve, you know, it's great being with you. And I got to tell you something funny. We talked a little bit about Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg last week, mm -hmm. if you'll remember that. So here's my dad joke. Gotcha. Why does Snoop Dogg carry an umbrella? Oh, I, I know this one. You've told it to me. So, but the crowd doesn't know. Faux drizzle. Faux drizzle. Oh, very go. good. Very That's good. Great. Very good. What do you got for us this week, Nick? We got a lot of stuff going on. I want to start with like some topics from the past. And you and I talk about this being parents. You mentioned that earlier and what parenting means. And I think about all the little silly things that my kids do uh, that raises my ire. And you've probably gone through some of the disciplining phases yourself, having two, two young ones. Why don't you tell the world, what's the most trouble you ever got into as a child? Well, here's the thing. I really, I, I had to think on this one, Nick. I had to go back. I had to text my sister and she's like, hey, you didn't really get too much trouble. Get she's like, she here. did and I did not. So <laughs> sorry, Amanda, about you, but uh, whatever. Uh, but there's a couple of things that did come to mind. It was a little bit, one, a little bit older. Uh, one happened when I was in high school. One happened when I was in college. Mm, okay, so, a child. Uh, but again, as we know, Children still. Not, I mean, Word. I wouldn't even consider myself a grown up yet. But yeah. let's go ahead and talk about what happened in high school. So I'm coming back from a summer baseball game and I had just actually gotten uh, for a graduation gift a 2002 Ford Mustang. Congratulations. It was a lease. I didn't get to actually own the car. I couldn't do anything to it. But again, I got that car as a high school student, get a brand new car. How cool is that? OK, That's so cool. I had just gotten done with our game. I'm driving back home. Guess what's going to be for dinner back at the South Saxon's household? You have no idea. I'm going to tell you. It's chicken tenders. Chicken oh. tenders. Oh, and it was from Zachary. Zachary's is a bar in uh, Long Branch, New Jersey. I mean, we're talking top five there. tenders in the country. Okay. So I, was, I knew they were going to be there. And I was like, ah, I'm hungry. Game's over. Got to get home. So. What we have, what we considered 70 here going to Indianapolis, we have a thing called the Garden State Parkway in New yeah, Jersey. GSP. And uh, I decided to see what I could do. I took that, that guy up to 110 miles per hour in the parkway, Ooh. trying to get home, got pulled over. Um, 
uh, was not probably a smart idea. And the, the, there was no other reason that I was just excited about getting home and having chicken tenders. So that was the first one. You spent for tenders? I, I got, I was not, not a smart thing <laughs> to do. Tenders, the tenders, the tenders. I got to fly now. Number two, okay, the one that happened in college. This was really stupid as well, too. I, uh, As you know, I actually have to go to producer Jason to get a lot of stuff done at my household because I'm not very, uh, what would we say, like a, uh, a handyman myself. So I'm home. I've got some friends home from that are also from other colleges. We're back home. We're about to go back to college the next day. It's winter break. And my parents are out. And I decide with my friends that you ever play the game quarters where you're you're hitting the quarters and trying to get in the no, shot glass and you try no. to get around there and try to tap other people on that part. So we're playing quarters on my parents' dinner table. And at the end of the time we're done, there's so many chips in the table that my dumb butt is like, oh, let's put some pledge on it. I'll get it cleaned up. So I rub the thing down pledge. None of these chips are coming out. So what do you do when you leave the next day? You put placemats on the dinner table. Uh, smart. So I, I had gotten a very much uh, I don't know if I even made it to PA the next day before they noticed that on there and I got in some trouble for that one man that's that's really funny what uh, do you got I don't know what quarters is uh, I don't do fun things like that so you know there's a difference an interesting distinction because I, I bent this a little bit younger uh, for myself and, you know uh, there was a cultural difference between a group of friends of mine and myself uh, whereas if they did something bad they may have gotten a spanking and uh, my brother and I we just straight up got whoopings like we never I never been spanked in my life. I got whooped. And, um, you know, uh, thinking about the worst case, you ever see the show The Brady Bunch? And yes. there's an episode where they break like the priceless vase. That happened to my brother and I. It was like my mom's favorite vase. And um, it was there on the mantle and we were wrestling around. I was like 6'2", 200 pounds in middle school, you know, and, and you've seen uh, you know, Nate. And so he was at least 300. No, I'm kidding, but <laughs> he's he a rife 250, right? In eighth grade. And we're just, this WWE SmackDown, like all through the house before SmackDown was SmackDown. We put like a six foot crack in the wall, knocking stuff over and we knock this vase down. And it was like in slow motion when it's falling, like, no, and it shatters on the ground. And so I know my mom's going to come back and she's just going to, you know, have a cow, flip her lid. And so we took super glue and we tried to glue that mug back together piece by meticulous piece. How many like, pieces are we talking about? Oh, man, at least like 60, 50. Oh, wow. It, probably, it really it shattered. Okay. And there's like that one big piece that's the bottom. If you've ever broken a vase and most of us is wrestling around have done this, we've broken something in our parents' home. Producer Jason is like, I only break hearts. But, uh, you know, it's like you have the base piece and then you're trying to glue every bit back. Like she's not going to notice the cracks and we do a pretty good job and we've got it like tilted and turned. And when she came home, the air pressure just like expanded it and it flew <laughs> apart. <laughs> and so she just broke down and started crying. Oh. Man. And like, we felt so bad. So we went into our room and it was that wait until your father gets home which is like the worst thing you could hear as a child. My dad had been like up in Minnesota or somewhere working and was coming home for the week. He was going to hand the mom paycheck and get his $5 and go hang out with his brother. But no, no, no. His weekend can't start until the beatings commence. And um, we might have been in fourth or fifth grade. And he comes into the room with the worst look on his face like, y'all know I got to do it. <laughs> he had two belts like Bruce Lee and he went like all completely revenge. Of the what, what is your what, what are, are you just knowing? Like, ah, we got to take this. 
Oh, yeah, you know you got to take it. And here's the best part. He smoked Nate, and I passed out. <laughs> so I don't, even, I don't even remember it, man. I don't even remember. Like, I, we woke up, and, like, you know, you're, like, sore, and, like, he's buckling up and walking out, and, like, that'll be the last time that happens. And sure enough, I never got uh Did you get it replaced? again. Uh, no, but we had to, like, do a bunch of chores. Okay. And, like, couldn't, like, go stay the night at Kokomo Mike's or do anything fun. So Was it was it a family heirloom or anything? No, she just had, like, all these like trinkets and glass things that she we didn't have much and so like mm-hmm. what she did have like that meant a lot to her and what meant most to us was just like grappling and wrestling and attempting to be Andre the Giant versus the Ultimate Warrior and it didn't work that way it, it was more like it reminds me so much of a Saved by the Bell episode where they had Screeches having a party at his house and his mom is a big Elvis fan <laughs> and they get the bust of Elvis knocked over yeah, and yeah it's like that yeah it's like that but we were like if you've seen that Ready Bunch episode where they're trying to glue the vase back together like we're sweating the whole time it was like a bad version of Jenga. I could only imagine the complaining that the two of you were saying about it. Which one wanted to put the pieces on there? Which one? Oh, didn't want it to was do like it. a fist fight. Like <laughs> this is all you. You did this, but uh, just in case anyone's listening, just so they know, Nate broke the vase. You know, you and I are big movie buffs, and we love film. We love cinema. We talk about it all the time. And I like a lot of movies and I get into movies a little too much, like reciting them, understanding. I don't know if that's a thing, though. I think that's maybe it's not. But a lot of things make movies great. Right. What ruins a movie? What ruins a movie for you, Steve? I, uh, that was a great question actually put together. I honestly, uh, for those out there, um, Nick did a great job picking the topics for this week. I it was a very insightful thoughts of what we had here. Um, what do you mean? the noise for? Wow. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's I thought producer Jason trying to take credit for this part of it, but oh, yeah, I thought you did a good job. The only thing I have against you is you uh, waited to the, uh, the, the last minute to send this to me, what we're going to have here. But in the ideas of what ruins a movie, there's a, I got one, two, three, four, four for sure. A fifth one that uh, it, I'm trying to find some examples of what happens. But the first one, I've already said this before in the show in horror movies. Yeah. I hate the unneeded jump scares where yeah. the person's turned forward and they're covering and they can see if they're in a hallway or whatever, they turn around because they think they hear something behind them. They turn quickly and it's a jump scare because it's the friend that was in the room that they would have seen right. the two seconds prior that was there. I don't like that one. Um, and I don't know. Do you want to go back and forth here? Or are you looking sure. for me just to go straight? Go ahead. What do you, what are one of the things forth, you got? Because you've got an odd number. I've got an even number and I'm just better than you. Um, and you know it. So you're talking about horror films and we recently watched Halloween ends and I couldn't even finish <laughs> Halloween ends. God, I love and you. I guarantee you're going to have, I have one of these things on here too. Okay. But what ruined that movie, right? When a film has a terrible plot change mid swing, you know, when we watched the, uh, uh, heavy spoilers or, uh, no, what was it? Um, uh, screen rant, I think. Yeah, where they're talking about the pitch meeting. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to make a movie about Michael Myers, but it's not really about Michael Myers. What? Why, you know, do that when you have a winning topic? People are tuning in to see, you know, Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers mm-hmm. for the final showdown, and mm-hmm. it's not even really that. Nope. nope. Uh, so those terrible, quick, snappy, trendy plot changes just to bring in a weird aspect to the audience that go away from the source. I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and with that same exact movie, they're kind of similar, but not sticking to the plots of the previous movie. Yeah. In that exact movie right before, and they talked about this in the exact same thing we were, we saw, is Lori had been planning and had been preparing for 40 years for Michael Myers. Michael Myers kills her daughter. Yep. And then also, like, town people kills all those people. Michael Myers has never been stronger than how he ended the movie prior. And right. then Halloween End happens, and it's decrepit 
Michael Myers, who's like you know on AARP now, running from and Splinter. And of the it's Ninja like he's Turtles. hiding. Yeah, he's hiding underneath there. He's like the turtles will rise. And he's like, what? Are you, what are you talking about? How did this even happen? It was bad, man. And sorry if we spoiled the movie, but the movie spoiled itself. It had yeah. There's some spoilers on here that I, I have to. I guess we should have forewarned, but we we didn't get a chance to do that. Another one for you. Uh, so the other thing that gets me, and you you just alluded to it, uh, not following the source material, and this is not just like horror films, but really like comics things that go really far off and I've already talked about the exact piece of dung that is fan four stick like when they don't follow the original source material I'm not talking about recasting I think giving actors opportunities changing pace or putting someone in a role is good I'm talking about going way off the source material that made something famous for 30 40 50 60 years that really burns my biscuits you know it grinds my gears Nick <clears throat> Cohesion from scene to scene. We have people that are paid in the movie business to literally watch and make sure everything as a scene ends, they know exactly what they're wearing, what they're doing as they're watching it back, as they're on the production floor and they're going to cut the movie. Like if hair's up, hair can't be down in the next 10 seconds. You know, if a jacket's on, the jacket can't be off in the next scene there. It's just you have some cohesion of what they're doing. Pay attention as you're looking at it. I just saw this in the movie Don't Worry Darling. If you've had a chance, honestly, out there to watch this movie your mind will you'll ask what you just see here but the same thing exactly she's got a jacket in her hand she turns to her husband next thing you know she's like wearing the jacket on again it's like what is, what's what's going on here yeah my my friend um marquis out in delaware he loves don't worry darling and i'm i'm gonna have to try to watch that but that cohesion piece is so crucial if you've ever watched lord of the rings there's a death scene where a guy's hand switches from side to side <laughs> as he's holding the other guy like that's that stuff messes with you for sure the other thing i don't like is poor casting and this is going to be really just subjective for me. Poor casting doesn't really work. And I'm talking about you have a strong, viable character. Let's think about Man of Steel or uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> strong, viable character in the villain of Lex Luthor. And you cast a quirky, squirrely Jesse Eisenberg to play the top villain next to Darkseid in the DC universe. It's just, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. And to see him gallivant and skip around pretending to be Jim Carrey's Riddler from Batman Forever, like, that just was not good. And it really broke my heart and changed the pace of the film and obviously set it back amongst some of the other controversy of Batfleck and other things that you have with that film. Uh, Just disappointing casting. When you take a person that doesn't quite fit the role in the Mm -hmm. source material and they overact or underperform, uh, it's, it's not a good look. The only thing I would say with that is when initially it came out that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. Um, I don't know if many people thought that was going to be any good either. The Heath Ledger was in rom-coms and all that kind of stuff. And not know and Jesse Eisenberg put the production out of what Jesse Eisenberg usually does. Right. But maybe they thought going into it that it was going to be something different, that this was going to be his come out, that actually he could yeah. he could be a fan and he could have right. been like uh, done a better job. But I agree with you. Yeah, he just didn't deliver like Ledger did. Or um, who's the weird Twilight vampire kid that killed Batman? That killed the Batman movie, like um, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, y'all look the same. <laughs> one more. One more for you. Okay. Just last one. Replacing a movie with a different actor. Mm, uh, I've got two on here that really stood out to me, which was replacing Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Now, he did a good job, but I, I'm a Terrence Howard fan, I so I like too. Terrence Howard. We could do a whole podcast on this. And, and going on the Batman side of things is when Maggie Gyllenhaal went in for Katie Holmes. I'm a bigger Katie Holmes fan, and, and what they do is... 
they know they I mean because Maggie Gyllenhaal looks a little like Katie Holmes. They try to do it where it's like, okay, maybe the maybe the normal viewer won't know, but it's like yeah. I know that's not Katie Holmes in there. I know that's not Terrence Howard. Yeah, we should do a podcast on just those two instances because there's a whole series of issues behind why those two things didn't work. But that's for another time when our producer actually cares about his job. All right, let's get to the topic of wrestling, Nick. Oh, let me ask you a question here, Nick. In the situation we talked about a few weeks ago, going back to the CM Punk and the Elite Scrum, um, CM Punk was a big deal signing for the for AEW. Um, yep. Yep. CM Punk had been away from pro wrestling for a significant amount of time. Actually, in fact, actually, you went and I saw him at his last Monday Night Raw ever, which we was did. in Dayton, which also Bluetista was at. Bluetista. Um, but CM Punk came, and, and CM Punk technically right now actually hasn't had any resolution. He's not been released. Um, you know, there's con- there's negotiations probably going for his contract. Get out of there. But um, I would say at the end of the day, it's been a dud for AEW and what they thought they're going to get out of the CM Punk signing. So with that being said. Um, can you kind of go into detail of maybe some free agent wrestling flounders that, you know, either jumped uh, to another company that maybe you thought was going to be a big deal and just never turned out to be what it could have been? Well, before I do any of that, I, I got to say this quip. The CM Punk thing started with a pow and ended with a dang, you know, mm-hmm. like and we've gone on this before, but I, people had warned you might be getting something that's volatile and not worth the hype. And uh, I'm afraid we're seeing that. Uh, free agent faux pas. Uh, there's some interesting stuff because there's a lot of things that happened in the past in the Monday Night Wars where people weren't exactly free agents. So you think about like belts getting dropped in trash cans mm-hmm. and Lex Luger showing up the same night at uh, Rick Rude, same night that they had shows up in New York and drive and fly down to uh, Atlanta and uh, do that. Uh, one of the unique free agent faux pas, and this is another podcast from another time, we talk about territories. I really want to talk about territories at some point, like how that system worked. One of the unique free agent faux pas is the idea of people like uh, Wayne Ferris, a honky talk man, uh, that uh, were supposed to be in one territory and in another uh, at the same time and aren't quite free agents, but they are. But in the concept of professional wrestling, as Vince McMahon would have told you, everybody's an independent contractor. Everybody's a free agent. So how does that work without a union? How does that uh, offset the scheme of things? So what are faux pas that you're thinking of? (laughs) Uh, I've got a few of them on here. First one was when WCW uh, brought the Ultimate Warrior in. However, they couldn't be calling him the Ultimate Warrior because the the WWE WWE owned the Ultimate Warrior. So he's named the Warrior. And by the way, too, I don't know if you knew this, but they also owned his entrance so that he couldn't run to the ring nor shake the ropes. That's why he was kind of transporting to the ring as the Ultimate Warrior. He's not a good in-ring worker, so it didn't turn out. He's not good, kind of similar maybe idea of what CM Punk is backstage was not someone that people really enjoyed being around. So Ultimate Warrior going from WWE to WCW was one of my blunders and the flunders of the flounders. That's a big one when you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's a really big flounder. You know, recently WWE, in, in my opinion, has lost some good wrestlers just for contract disputes or just not re-signing people. There's so many good people uh, and I have a real issue with that when you let good wrestlers go that are getting over, whether it's an NXT, Raw or SmackDown brand, and and you just let them go without a fight. Um, I, Matt Cardona had a great following and they just kind of dropped him and he became a free agent and was eventually picked up by GCW. Is that right? Uh, but it's now kind of a semi free agent as well, isn't he? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's still doing the independent scene of th- stuff on there. So, I mean, I, I agree. It's also you have to have something for that wrestler to be able to have. And I don't know if they did a good enough job of letting Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, be able to do what he wanted to do as a wrestler. Hey, really quick. There's some top free agents that are out here right now. Bandito, Tyler Breeze, Enzo. Bandito actually just was signed by AEW. How you doing? Agent. 
Yeah, I, I love Enzo. Doing? Can you do how you doing? How you doing? Oh, so good when you do that. Uh, bada bing, bada boom, how you doing? Do you think Johnny Elite's a good free agent? No. Okay, I didn't think so either. You know, who's the two people that I really miss in wrestling? Pineapple Pete with a stupid shirt <laughs> and Nixon Newell, a.k.a. Tegan Knox. I really miss those folks. Yeah. So hopefully they get signed. Uh, I've got a couple on here that I do think going back that have been some uh, flounders on here. First, uh, Bret Hart to WCW. Never was Huge. able to be the wrestler he was in WWE because of the injuries and the Goldberg situation. Another one... Um, Probably a uh, honorable mention was Hogan signing with TNA. Signed in 2009 <laughs> uh, at, and actually did a big signing at Madison Square Garden. Such a big deal that his first TV appearance was on the first three-hour episode of Impact that went on a Monday night yep. to compete against Raw. They had Hogan coming out. WWE had Bret Hart coming for out for the first time yeah. since the Montreal screw job. Um, and then in 2013, his contract was not renewed. And the number one thing I think, which was supposed to change how wrestling was, was the Vince Russo, Ed Ferrara signing from WCW as the writers that were in WWE yep. Yep. that were supposed to change what the Monday night war was going to be. And it did not work there in WCW, man. All right, we got to get y'all to listen a little faster. We want to talk real quick about phrases that need to come back. Steve, what's a phrase that needs to come back? It needs to be used more. It's simple enough here. Just had it at Halloween. I talked to you about this. The idea that people cannot say, thank you, you're welcome, as we're giving out candy. And I don't care. I'm not trying to have my you know back be patted or anything. But as an adult, if you come up there and your children are there and they're getting candy no matter where it's at, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, little things like that that I don't think get enough anymore airplay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Manners matter. How about holy shnikes? I mean, sure. Have you ever heard the, the term, it's Jake, bro? It's all Jake, cuz. Uh, I mean, I've heard I of it. Have you heard that? Mm -hmm. that? You know what that means? Nope. It means everything's good. Well, I figured. How about totally in front of something? Totally tubular, totally rad, totally bodacious. Any of those things you just said totally, probably could totally. be coming back. And it, it may. I mean, the 80s was big on those, but you were there. You lived a long life. Mm, my favorite one that needs to come back. Odin's Raven. Great Odin's Raven. That needs to come back big time. <laughs> All right. We're a little bit out of time. We want to, uh, producer Jason's like, Zeus's beard by Jason's beard. Hey, we want to thank tonight's sponsor of our show. We've been brought to you by Haphazard Thoughts. If you've ever had a winning or sensational idea and then just lost it, you've had a haphazard thought. Need to forget what your spouse just said or how you got home from rush hour? Try Haphazard Thoughts, the official sponsor of, hey, did I leave the oven on before I left? Join us next time we perform the infamous Stanford Prison Experiment on Producer Jason. This has been Chasing the Hug, your favorite podcast with us here and you there. We thank you and we ask you to tell a friend, be a friend, listen to us on Anchor FM, iTunes, iPods, uh, Walkmans, uh, anything that you have available to you that your ears will allow yourself to be warm, yet also get sound coming out of it. We love you. Good night. <laughs> well, the phrases you had segment was just straight fire. 